Welcome to Heart Chats with Jessica, where we are having fun in Jesus. Join us today to hear an encouraging message to help you embrace your place and finish your race with joy and victory. And I think about the time we are living in. We are living in the selfie generation. You know what I'm talking about. We are living in a generation that is obsessed with self. Now, there are some good things that have come out of that about taking better care of ourselves. But in all of that, we have almost become a narcissistic society. We have come become a society that is caught up with self, with self-love, but in a not an ungodly way, in an unbiblical way. And I love that we do have a focus on loving ourselves, you know, because we do in some capacity need to love ourselves. You can't be loathing yourself. You know, um, how can you love others if you just beat up on yourself all the time? Hello. But at the same time, we shouldn't be obsessed with ourselves and have an out of balance self-love that is selfish, that is narcissistic, that's sinful, that sees yourself as better than others. We don't want that. And You know, when I think about this generation we're in, we're in this selfie generation. We're in this self-centered generation. You know, these lovers of themselves. It is so descriptive of this season we're in. But I want to encourage you, even though we find ourselves in the last days, even though we find ourselves in, you know, great darkness in our society, and we're beginning to see the beginning of persecution against the church in this country, unlike anything we've seen in the past. Even though all these things are happening, we rise above. We stand firm on the truth of God's word. We have a far more stable ground to stand on than what's going on around us. Hallelujah. We don't look at these temporal things. They are subject to change. That's what the word of God says. You know, these things are subject to change. And how do we change them? We change them by speaking the word. We change them by living the truth. We change them by looking to the things that are not of this world. We change them by setting our attention on him and on the truth and on the promises that he's given us. And when these you know, brutal, treacherous times come, we stand firm in that truth. We don't allow ourselves to stoop to the level of this world, but we rise above. And so I want to speak about, you know, specifically to some things I'm seeing happen in the church and among um, believers in our society that, that just really bothers me. You know, we've addressed some of the, the prophecy and some of those things that are problematic 
that caused some hurt and caused some frustrations to some people. But I want to look specifically at when we put our political beliefs above the word of God, we are setting ourselves up for deception. We're setting ourselves up for offense. We're setting ourselves up for division. We're setting ourselves up for sin. Because if we're not walking in love, we're, we're not walking in the truth of who God has called us to be, you know? And when we look at someone who holds a different political view and we hate them, how can you hate someone and yet say that you love God? You know, it's one thing to be frustrated by what someone believes, to be frustrated by, um, you know, false teaching or false beliefs or things that, um, you know, lead people astray or things that are not of God. You know, we have views that, you know, align with certain political beliefs that mirror our beliefs from the word of God. But the thing is, when your politics speak louder than the Jesus inside of you, there is a problem. When your politics are what everyone knows about you and not the Jesus inside of you, the greater one on the inside of you, there is a problem. And it is a problem that we as a church have got to get in order if we are going to be the church we're called to be in this last day, in this last, you know, day revival and the time that we're in. Because when you look at 2 Timothy 3, we're in this last generation. And there are people falling to the wayside right and left over politics. Not over doctrine. I mean, that's happening too. But you have people falling to the wayside, leaving churches over politics. There is a problem. So I want to, you know, just just, just encourage you. Make sure what people know about you is Jesus. You know, let that be the loudest identifying factor of who you are. I heard a, um, uh, a preacher that I just absolutely love Priscilla Shear. And she was talking about, you don't find your identity. You know, I don't want people to know me as this type of woman or, you know, whatever. And so she was using like her race. Like she doesn't want to be known as a black woman. She wants to be a Christian woman, because that adjective before woman is what defines her. And she doesn't want this or that or these things to define her. She wants who she is in Christ to be the defining factor of who she is. And, you know, I love that she shared that. Because it is so true. I don't want people to know, you know, me as this political party woman or, you know, this type of woman or whatever. All these things that define and, um, you know, describe who we are. 
I want who I am in Christ to speak louder than all of these worldly descriptions of who I am. Because at the end of the day, I may be this political party, or I may be this race, or I may be, you know, this insecure woman, or, um, you know, all these different things that can define us. But that's not what I want to speak over my life. That's not what I want to describe me. I want who I am in Christ to be the descriptive, you know, adjective to who I am. Hallelujah. So it was a little rabbit trail. But, you know, when we're looking at the time that we're living in and we're looking at what describes us, we have all these different churches that are separated by denominations, by race, by, you know, all these different things. And I don't want those things to be what, you know, describes the church. God doesn't want those things to be what describes the church. He hasn't called us to be a white church, a black church, a Latino church, an Asian American church, a Chinese church, a Japanese church, a Korean church. He has called us to be the church. We're not called to be all these hyphenated things that separate and divide us by an earthly, you know, method. He has called us to be the church. When we look at, you know, the, the, the Bible and the early church, there was not uh, those separating factors of, you know, the Greek church here in Ephesus, we have the Greek church and we have the Roman church and we have the Messianic Jew church. You know, it wasn't any of that kind of stuff. It was the church, the church in Ephesus, the church in Rome, you know, the church in Corinth. It was, it was, you know, a central church that was made up of believers of all different backgrounds who were the church because they had given their life to Jesus and they had become a new creature in Christ. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and will join us next week as we continue this series on the aftermath. Um, and as we continue to investigate and look at what does the aftermath mean for the church? What does this time mean for us as a body of believers? What are we called to do during this time? I'll give you a clue. We are not called to sit around depressed and distressed, but we are called to live victoriously, full of joy, full of the life of God, and to be touching our country, our world, and our generation with the truth and the hope that is in the gospel that nothing else on this world can compare. Thank you and join us next week. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Be sure to subscribe and check out more episodes for uplifting, timely words, as well as informative interviews with experts in various areas of life and ministry, all with the purpose to help you live a life you love with eternal impact.